So talking this afternoon about buying a second-hand car and some of the horror stories that go with it. And this is the big thing. Think about it. Buying a car is a major investment. Your house and your car are your two big assets. And you can't make a financial mistake with them because we don't earn a lot of money. And I'm sure you're like me. You go out there and you have to pay for your house. You have to pay for your car every single month. But what happens when you go out there and you buy a lemon? What could you do maybe to avoid buying the lemon? Talking about that this afternoon. Also, what recourse is available to you and what checks you should make? And what should you do? Who should you talk to before buying your car? Because very often you can't go buy a new car. You have to go buy a second-hand car. Joining us is our consumer expert, Wendy Nola. Good afternoon, Wendy. Hello, Ray. Good to chat with you. All right. So let's take us through this. I mean, you are our consumer expert, and this Mm -hmm. is such a volatile topic, and there have been so many horror stories, haven't there? So many horror stories. Unfortunately, yes. Between cars and cell phones, I think those are the two biggest categories of complaints I get. And, um, yeah, I think cars definitely tops the list because, as you said, we rely on our cars so much. So when something goes wrong with a car, number one, we've invested a lot of money in it, and we're paying it off most of us so that's a, a big chunk of our income and then you know it affects our ability to earn a living it affects our jobs it affects you know taking our children to school and all the rest so when a car goes wrong it is catastrophic financially emotionally you know for work everything so it is a big deal and i suppose that explains why so many people are compelled to write to me to say please help this is a disaster so the thing is there isn't a mechanism for consumers and even the dealerships to to find out the full history of a of a of a secondhand vehicle. They just it doesn't exist at the moment. So you can find out if it's got its service history and all that kind of thing, but you couldn't know, for example, if the car we had this horrific case we discussed on this show um, a couple of months ago of this car that was actually literally floating down. I think it was the N12 during mm. horrific floods at the end of 2016 or 2017. Um, but it looked fine. Um, and it got sold to someone twice, actually, with horrible electrical problems that you couldn't see. And yeah. so had those people had the car assessed, paid someone for a professional technical assessment, they would have been very unlikely to have bought the car because that the fact that the car was swimming uh, at one point um, would have been exposed. So my point is, you know, it is a huge, there are some great secondhand car bargains to be had out there, but you have to know what you're doing. You have to know, you have to do your homework. So choose the right dealership. Google the dealership, find out if there've been many comp- you know, consumer complaints about it, for example. And then the car itself, that's a separate story in, ter- in terms of is it the kind of brand that you want to um, buy? Is it, you know, have, has that particular model been problematic? And then please, please get it um, professionally assessed. Um, the number of places you can um, go to for that, but to buy a used car without getting that technical assessment is madness, as far as I'm concerned. Because you, you know, when these horror stories come to light, you go back to the dealership. I will go and you know, raise a media query, and they say, "But we didn't know. We bought it in good faith." Yeah, and they're not going to pay for that technical assessment. Whether or not they should is another matter. But uh, but the reality is, 
that certainly in the many cases I've dealt with, that isn't happening. And so it's very hard to actually find the point at who's responsible, <laughs> who did the bad <laughs> patch-up job, who, do you know what I mean, and which auction was this sold at, and uh, it's it's a huge topic, right? But I just wanted to, to the other part yeah. of that is, we should we as South Africans we have technically the best among the best um, forms of consumer protection in the world. We have the Consumer Protection Act, which says if something goes drastically wrong in the first six months of purchase, the supplier, the company, has to take responsibility. When it comes to cars, that means repair it at their cost, and if it, the repairs don't work, then they must take the car back. Um, Without penalising the consumer, except for you know the use of the car, there's a certain uh, formula that is recommended by the Ombud for to deduct for the fact that you actually did have the use of the car. But yeah. anyway, so my point is, in in reality, though, um, if the dealership is really rogue and decides they're not going to take responsibility for the car, what do you do? You can go to the motor industry ombudsman if they rule in your favour, which they probably will. Then you think, yay, my troubles are over. I'm going to get my refund. They're going to take the car back. What if they ignore you? Well, we had two test cases. Well, one test case and then a follow-up one. Um, it was a Cape Town dealership. I won't go into too much detail. But essentially, the story began at the end of um, uh, 2015 already, going on four years. A woman called Hanif Fadlil bought a, a dud car, Passat, for 61,000 Rand from a Cryfontein dealer. It broke down three days later, never to go again. The dealership said, foots, toots. There are only two ways you can buy a car, foots, toots, which is on an auction. So beware auctions. And the second one is if you buy privately. But if you buy from a dealership, there's no such thing as foots, toots, right? Right. So she went to the Umbud. It, it went in her favor. The dealership said, sorry for you. I'm not taking the car back. The National Consumer Commission then kicked it up to the tribunal. And in September of 2017, almost two years ago, um, the dealer was found guilty of prohibited conduct, fined a hundred thousand rand, um, in order to pay it in, in within a month, and to repay Hanley Fadlil. Well, we're sitting here two years on. Oh. Na- neither of those fines have been paid, or well, the fine hasn't been paid, and and Lil- uh, Huntley hasn't been um, refunded. And the National Consumer Commission told me last month, I think it was, that they are now. Um, going to pursue that dealer in his personal capacity um, and so civil proceedings are going to be instituted but, but the point is that, four yeah. years on no, exactly. <laughs> she will it is a civil thing rather than criminal so in that way she should um, be able to get her money back the dealers closed down the dealership but still trading um, privately selling cars on Facebook and that sort of thing so I, and there's been another case um, last month um, in Gauteng Um that uh, we'll, it was a Ferenichung used car dealership, Ultimate Auto. Um, the complainant was Lomkili Mkwalo, and um, same thing, his car went horribly wrong. Um, uh, well, within three months, uh, t- 2007 Audi, and um, they w- repaired the car but wanted him, wanted him to pay for it within that six month CPA period, which is not on. He was, f- that dealership, Ultimate Auto, was fined 50,000 Rand. I've been trying to find out from the commission before coming on air whether that was paid because it was yeah. supposed to be paid by the middle of August. I don't know. But the point is, there's only, there's only two cases that have gone to the tribunal, um, mm. that I know of. And certainly Honey for Nils was the test case. Um, there are thousands of other cases where 
even if they go to the motor industry and it goes their way, the consumers, I mean, what do you, the dealership just says, we're not paying you. You can see what a long, drawn-out process it's going to be. And I say all that as background to say this is why it's so important <laughs> to choose carefully. Yeah. Do your checks before. Put your time and energy into doing those checks before you buy because otherwise you're condemning yourself potentially to a world of pain, financial and otherwise, if you land up with one of these bad when and you, as I say, it's so easy to do that. Mm, yeah. I just want to pick your brain a little bit. I mean, the, the Consumer Protection Act, a lot of people always refer back to that. I mean, is that for six months? How does that work? Let's start there. Okay, shall we talk specifically about cars, how, yeah. that, how it works? Because yep. it's a little bit different with cars because of the cost of the car. So, so the Act says, and it doesn't um, break it down for categories of products. So it, it's, it's very general, and it says essentially that if you buy something um, in the normal way, um, so you instigate the sale, you go into a shop or a dealership or whatever, and you buy something, from the time of payment or delivery, whatever comes, um, if, you, if the delivery is a few days later, then the, the clock starts ticking the day that you take possession of the product. You have six months from that date to, for, to recourse. Uh, it's called an implied warranty. So if something goes wrong, the product becomes unfit for purpose. It breaks down in some way that you can't get full use out of it. You have a right to take it back for your choice of a refund, a replacement, or a um, repair. Yeah. When it comes to cars, though, I mean, you can imagine if um, you bought a new car and um, there was a, a problem with the electric window, say, and you went back and said, I want a full refund, um, according to the Consumer Commission and mm. to the motoring ombud that is mandated to deal with um, CPA claims on cars. Um, that the the industry would fold and all cars would become prohibitively expensive for us. Sure. So the way they interpret it within that industry is that the CPA applies to the component. So if the component fails, you have the right to repair or replacement, right? And and obviously, especially if it's a safety critical issue like brakes or steering, if the dealership tries to fix it um, once at most twice and it's not the car is still mal- malfunctioning then they most definitely will support a take back of the car um, and not just a trade and where you would lose <laughs> a lot yeah. of money but it's a take back acknowledging that there's a problem with the car so that's how it so so, works. So, so so what happens then and like you said you gave two examples so consumer protection act that's how it works like you say theory, yeah. then the motor industry ombud comes along and everyone says so oh, we don't really care what you say well not everybody um, a lot of the i mean the major dealerships um generally will comply with with an ombuds ruling but you have a lot of independent dealerships in this country a lot um, and and some of them, I'm not going to obviously sit here and say they're all the same. Clearly not good ones and bad ones. But the but the unscrupulous ones um, don't really feel that that they're accountable to anybody, and they just play the ignore game. They just right. carry on. They don't okay. take the car back. They don't uh, they don't refund. It's just it's a footstool deal. They think of because they put a clause in the agreement, right, that says, um, please understand, you're buying this as footstools, we take no responsibility. They think that that's okay, but you mm. can't contract out of the law. <laughs> any term or condition in any contract, if it doesn't comply with the CPA or any other laws such as the National Credit Act or the Electronics Transactions Act, if it doesn't apply with the law, 
comply with the law of the day, it is completely meaningless. Sure. But try telling that to some of these dealers. Um, they just well, really the, do see, not get it. Yeah, you know, that, that's the big thing because they don't get it. And for you and for me, I mean, I, I can't run off to – most people can't run off to a lawyer, pay a whole lot of money, and you're trying to get back. I think in the first example you had uh, 61,000 rand. I think your lawyer's fees will probably be about 50,000 rand in the first exactly, month. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so there, there is the problem because a lot of uh, these – Bad cases happen um, with second-hand cars that are on the lower end of uh, the the purchase price. Um, so you're talking sort of from fifty up to say two hundred. That's the main sort of two hundred right. to fifty. Yeah. So um, yeah, by the time you you know that this this problem is really now manifested, the person's you know, out of pocket already and been majorly inconvenienced. Um, so these mechanisms that we that I've spoken about, you go to the motor ombud and then, you know, if necessary, they will refer it to the commission and then the commission takes a decision whether to take it to the tribunal because that is the ultimate court. And a, a tribunal's ruling has the same weight as a court ruling, which is why when these dealerships don't um, bother to to heed them, you know, you just, <laughs> what yeah. next? Well, the commission is now going, uh, institute, instituting civil proceedings, but this has been two, three years coming. You know, it's a very yeah, long so, time for so, someone yes. to wait for justice. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying, yes, in practice, we have great protection. In, in, I mean, in theory, we have great protection. In practice, if a dealership really has no intention of doing the right thing, this is the outcome. So protect yourself, choose wisely, <laughs> and get the car checked out. That's really what I'm trying to get across yeah. today because I, I, I promise you, my inbox is full of stories of people who bought secondhand vehicles and immediately had problems that, and, the, and they just get fobbed awful, given the... A, a raw deal or they try and fix it and the car keeps going wrong it's just well you know we reserve the right to repair um and mm. it's 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 oh, emphasize strongly enough yeah. just to, to, to go into it with your eyes wide open and do as much um uh, homework as much prep work as you can before you sign that contract we are going to get into prevention shortly because prevention is better than cure Always. It's, it's just wendy it's just quite mind-boggling though it seems like us as the consumer, we are quite defenseless against, you know, the, 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 the used car salesman. This has to change in some sort of capacity. Well, there are moves afoot, um, to, to do that. I mean, there, there, the, the motor industry onboard has, you know, its code of conduct and is, um, signing up, um, more and more of the industry, um, as the months and years go by. But ultimately, if, as I've, as I've said, if you are on the rogue end of, of the industry and you don't consider yourself accountable to anyone, um, and, and you consider that anyone who buys anything from you, um, that's the end of the story. No, you know, you're not accountable if something goes wrong, as, as they will say, but the car was fine when we sold it to you. Well, that's the point of a warranty. Exactly. <laughs> you might have thought so, but it actually wasn't yeah. fine. Um, and, and so, I always just 
I always go to the point of, of prevention because that's, that's where you have got control. You can't control how somebody's going to respond when you have a problem sure, with a car. Sure. But you can, you do have all the power and all the control before you commit yeah. to the deal. Wendy, let's take some calls. Uh, 011-883-0702. Maybe you have a question for Wendy. Maybe you've been sold a lemon and maybe she can sort it out for you. Magdalene in Pretoria, hi. Hello, how are you? Hi, good in yourself. All right, thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I am faced, myself and my son are faced with the same predicament. I sent an email to Wendy and Azania on the 9th of July. Uh, oh, my sorry. son bought a car, yes. My son bought a car in Rodiport and it was a second-hand vehicle. And the document that he was given to, like the license disc and the registration certificate was fraudulent because this year in April when he went to the license department to renew those documents he was told that the vehicle is still like a, 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 a registered in the previous owners. So the registration certificate which was given to him or change of ownership and the license disc did not appear in the system. So wow, I don't yeah. need- Gosh, I'm so yes. sorry. I get, I get such a deluge of email. I don't even remember that one, Achtelian. So I'm going to have to do a search for your name and, and find it. But that's, um, I, presumably you've approached the dealership and what was their response? He tried to go to the police station and he was sent from pillar to post. They said he must first go to the, um, uh, to the court and find the, uh, the lawyers, I don't know, they don't want to open the case. They said we must go back again to the motor dealer. And, I mean, they're putting our life at risk. We cannot go and approach these people. We tried to communicate them over the email, and they said they will come back to my son, and they don't. They don't. And the, 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 the change of ownership document which was given to him, it, 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 it's not in the system. They have done that already on behalf of my son. And it's not in the system. Yeah. Okay, so that's a that's a one. really bad case. I'm going is. to find your email, and um, I hopefully you've put the dealership's details there for me. Have you? We haven't put the dealership details. I will. I will send another. Yeah, have a closer Please, look. Please, so that I so that I can um, act on it and approach and ask for comment. Um, hopefully, they don't. Uh, they feel themselves answerable to the media. This is the other thing, Ray. Mm. Often, often they they don't. There's a there's a level of arrogance there, and they like why who, why should I answer to you? Exactly. So that's why I say choose your dealerships very carefully. Okay, Hanswell in Pretoria. Hi, Hanswell. Hi, Ray. How are you? Good. How are you doing? And tell us about your car. Yes, I hear Wendy. She's saying we must take the cars for inspection. My question is, will those bogus dealers allow you to take their cars for inspection if you want it? <laughs> okay, to, we're going yeah. to we're going to get to that in in a little bit. Um, there are ways of getting your cars inspected, and I've uh, been dealing with um, a chap in. Uh, who operates in the Joburg, Pretoria area, who will actually go to the dealership or wherever the car is and um, do the the assessment, the technical assessment, and give you the report. I would say if someone is not open to the car being technically assessed before you purchase, take that as a as a sign <laughs> and yeah. walk away. Um, yeah. Because you you I mean if they if they confident. 
um, in in the quality of the car they're selling. If they're if confident that what they're saying about the car is true, then they have nothing to fear. Yeah. So, yeah. Back um, away we, from that one, Huntswell. Back, back away. Back away. Back away. <laughs> yes. Leone, hi, and Leone. Keep listening. Hi, Leone. Good, good afternoon. Welcome. Good afternoon. Um, hi, Wendy. I just wanted to check with you guys. I purchased a brand new Renault Clio last year, July. And we found a couple of issues on the car and we took it back to the dealership. The first issue we had was that the brake drums and everything was rusted on the car. And later on, we realized that the car had a specific dent in it and we took it back to the dealer. And the dealer actually said to us that, no, um, the, the car was inspected and they cannot take responsibility for it. Um, the car is now one year old. I took the car in for a service and we found that the water coolant levels were very low and they just, um, they then said the engine needs to be replaced. So we took the matter to the ombudsman suspecting that there is something wrong with the car. At, I think it was 18,000 kilometers, my husband had to replace the brakes. So in, in essence, just gets away with almost everything. Yeah. When did you first go back to them about the, the rusted um, brake drums, etc.? Was that in the first six months or afterwards? No, no, it was in the first month of us having wow. the vehicle. I think the first two weeks. And did they take responsibility for that? I mean, you said so there was a dent did. as well. They did. Yes, so they did indeed take responsibility for the, the drums. But they refuse then to fix the dent. And you can actually see it is a manufacturing fault. Mm. And I know expert in it. That's and when we took it back, we, we took it to the um, ombudsman as well. And we actually showed, we, we provided the evidence to the ombudsman when the car was still in the shop, it had that, or, or on the dealer floor, it had that dent. Okay, and all right. Then, oh, no. Yeah. Wendy? Well, the engine replacement, the car is still under manufacturer's warranty, so that shouldn't be for your cost. But the problem with brakes is that the the, the car owner is always made to pay for that as a wear and tear issue. And that's um, un- problematic because some cars have brakes uh, systems that are less uh, lower quality than others. But uh, again, it comes down to do your research on the car beforehand. But yeah, I'm hoping you're not having to pay for a new engine. At least, Leonie. No, look, it was under warranty. But the fact yeah. that we, we, we as consumers don't know much because when you're buying a new car, you're expecting a brand new car. That's what you expect. But what I suspect I in that, your case with the, with the rusting brakes, so such a new car, sometimes these cars, they registered, they take the, the date of the of first registration, but often they sit in yards, can be for one, two years, um, that are quite exposed um, before they sort of yeah. storage yards, before they get registered. And so there's a way of always ask the dealership, um, of the year of manufacture, it's different from the year of registration. And you, some, then you can pick up that this car has been standing yeah. somewhere and you'd rather go for a car that was manufactured, um, not, not that far long ago before yeah. registration. So just another, a tip for new, for new car buyers on that one. It well, sounds like yours was a yard car. It, I think it was a yard car. When will I have to leave that conversation oh, there for now? Sorry, the news, we, yes. We're just going to park it a little bit. I just want to quickly say hello to Hanru Reineke. He's the founder of One 100 Technologies. Hanru, you got some solutions for us, don't you? 
hello, Andre and Wendy. Um, yes, I've got a couple. We've um, lovely. Okay, I'm going I'm to park you there. I'm just introducing you. You see, I'm going to park you there. And the reason being, oh double one eight eight three oh seven oh two. Maybe you've got a question for Wendy and Hanru. He's very good when it comes to picking out cars and giving you some sound advice when buying your new car. So give us a call oh double one eight eight three oh seven oh two. Looking to our consumer expert Wendy Nola this afternoon about buying a car, buying a lemon, and what you should do to make sure you don't buy that lemon it happens to so many different people wendy yeah prevention better than cure of course exactly so so my thing is choose your dealership wisely um and have the car professionally assessed before you commit so a uh, popular choice is uh, DECRA, what we used to call the, the old AA centers their inspections range and comprehensiveness but i'd recommend always go for the Full technical inspection um, worth the money to know exactly what's going on with the car before you commit. And then Henry Reineker recently launched a car inspection service of his own called 1100 Technologies. Um, they've got two experienced mechanics, so the service is confined, confined to Joburg, Pretoria for now. 770 Rand buys your comprehensive technical assessment and a vehicle history check. You book online, they lies with the seller, send a mechanic, inspect and report back to you. I think more the merrier as far as these services go because uh, and and to make them as consumer friendly as possible. So in other yeah. words, you don't have, you, they'll send the person out you know, they're mobile, send it out to where the vehicle is and um, do the assessment and let you know afterwards. As I say, if a dealership is not happy for you to have a car professionally assessed before you buy, <laughs> please take that as a sign yeah. that you need to look for another car. So as a lot of businesses began, this Henry's business idea began because he too had a bad experience of buying a car. He found out later that it had been in a major accident, which is a common thing. And since he's been in business, he and his mechanics have seen some amazing things, which he's been telling me about this week. And okay. that's what I said, I need to get you on air I've got to him tell on our air. listeners. He's right. with us. Hanruts, yes. tell us about those experiences and maybe nightmares too. Yeah, um, how's it, everyone? And um, just to, um, yeah, we've been, the business has been running cars. One 100 has been, re- been running for about six months now. And there's a couple of, very interesting and cool and crazy stories, but you know the horror stories does um, poke out their head. Um, a couple of one, uh, my favourite one of all was last week we inspected a, a, a MG um, car in Pretoria for a lady in Joburg, and when my mechanic part of our checks we do a full um, engine check where we check all of the you know the engine you know mountings and things like that when we. When my mechanic opened up the bonnet, the MG had a Toyota engine mounted inside. <laughs> crazy, crazy. And I, needless to say, the inspection went quickly after that because my mechanic phoned me and said, listen, just tell the lady this is a no-go. Absolutely no go. But I mean, Wendy, shouldn't somebody like that be blacklisted, exposed, put onto some sort of register? Because that's just fraud. There isn't such a register. Exactly, that is straight fraud. And I mean, you would have... Um, a, a, you could take that to the ombud. It would be a slam dunk. But um, and they would make the the say to the dealership, take it back. They may or may not choose to. It just becomes your problem. That's why, as you say, prevention better than cure. And interestingly, Henry was telling me of all, all the vehicles that they inspect, thirty percent of um, the people that have paid for the inspections decide not to buy the car. 
which I think is wow. quite an interesting statistic. Yeah, thirty percent, and that's be- but that's because there's a you know a problem on the car that the mechanic pick up picks up, and more normally it's a it's a major problem like a you know a, a gearbox that the, your, your gearbox is slipping or there's there's a fault in the chassis. We had a case where a chassis was welded together, which is also insane. A little um, polo. Um, VW Polo, we inspected it, and underneath the whole chassis was like a backyard well job and was welded <laughs> so together. Is, it is, oh. It's insane. Oh, no, no. Yeah, no, because, no. I mean, we, most consumers just don't have the mechanical know how to have to mm. suss those things out. And as I said, knowingly or unknowingly, a lot of dealerships say to me, well, we didn't know we bought in no, good faith. And you want to say, but nonsense. you're the dealership. Yeah. Exactly. But I can't prove they didn't know. Do you know what I mean? When the, when the case comes to me. So yeah. find out for yourself. By paying someone to do it for you. Hanru, just just, just getting back to you. I mean, what you, you you spoke about mechanical tests. So, what do you look for apart from the right engine? Do you do compression tests? I mean, what do you go through? Yeah. So, so the first thing we do is we 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 do a full diagnostics check. So, we plug in the computer, run the diagnostics, and you know see if there's if the computer picks up any faults. So, say for instance, your your left front airbag has been deployed. Um, you know that might give reason to that the car was in an accident. So, you know, that's the first thing we do. Then the second, um, you know, check, we've got an 84-point checklist where we go through all the, you know, the mechanical things, um, you know, the electrical things. We check the clutch. We check the the gears. We take the car for a drive test. Um, so it, it's, it's a, we, you know, and, and the, our mechanics are all qualified mechanics. So they, they've got the experience. You know, if you're an accountant, your, you can, can do your accounting work, but if you're a mechanic, you know, check your cars. You know, you yeah. can check your cars for you. And, and that's, that's the whole premise for this Cars 1-100 business is to get an expert to check the car before you buy it. Yeah. So I'll ask both of you, you want to buy a used car. Should you go for German, Japanese, French? What should you do? What should you look out for, Hanru or Wendy? Well, I'm, I've got a thing for Japanese cars, but I, and I'm, I'm, I think uh, Henry's uh, experience is um, generally borne out that those are, uh, you know, especially a car that's got a bit of mileage on it. Um, says she who drives a Japanese car that's just t- clocked over 100,000 last weekend. It was quite a momentous <laughs> experience. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I have a thing for Japanese. Am I on the money, Henry? Would you agree? Yeah. I think I think um, you know it's, it's a can of worms because you know there's always uh, the battle between you know Toyota and Land Rover or you know <laughs> Toyota and Ford, but you know generally what is happening in the market, people are not buying second-hand cars anymore. It's starting to turn to like a third and fourth-hand vehicles that people are buying. So the vehicles have got more mileage on they, the models are older, and I you know I'm a bit, bit old school. I say. Stick to the tried and tested, the popular models. You know, you dare I say, you know, the German, Japanese brands. You know, they they they, they last a little bit longer for me than your more exotic uh, type of cars. Right now, Nadia, you are phoning from Lanasia. You purchased a car. What happened to you? Yes, Wendy. How are you? Hi, Nadia. Thanks for calling Hi, in. How are you? All right. I have sent you an email a few weeks ago, oh, but gosh. I don't think you got around seeing it. I've had a really bad experience. We purchased a car from a dealer, and on the very same day when we brought the car home, the car gave us problems. The very next day, we were at the dealer at 8 o'clock in the morning to return the car, and they refused. They kept us sitting there from 8 till 2 in the afternoon, refusing to help us. 
the logistics uh, scenario that I've been talking about. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Today, your your topic is exactly what we're going through. And mm. we left the car there because we couldn't bring it back. And they were rude and they refused to help us. So sure. the car is still with them. For we how long now, Nadia? It's been two and a half months. Wow. Okay, I must definitely find you. I'm so sorry. Uh, the volume is we, unbelievable. We've tried to contact them. They refused to take our calls. They said we messed up the car, but we had the car less than 12 hours. I don't even remember reading your email. I'm so sorry. I will definitely find it. If I, if I put yeah. Nadia into my inbox, will it find your email that you write it under your name? No, yeah, in fact, my husband sent it through. So can I give you his details? I tell you what, do this. Send it through right away and it'll be okay. on the top of the pile and we'll see it. And if you haven't yes. put your, if you haven't put the dealership's details there, please do that when you resend. No, I have. We've put everything. Okay. okay. We've had but applied to the ombudsman as well. The problem we are in, we don't have a second vehicle to travel to car and we, uh, to work. Mm. And we paying for insurance for a car we don't have because we don't know what's the outcome going to be. Okay. I will, I will prioritize now, that I one, can, Nadia. Please, I'm yeah. going to send it through right okay. now. We'll do if that. If you could help me, I'll be so appreciative. Thanks, Nadia. Yeah. That's Nadia and Laneja. We will do that. Our guest, uh, consumer expert, Wendy Nola. Also, Hanru Reinika, founder of 1100 Technologies, talking about buying a car. It becomes a lemon. And I just said before, prevention is better than cure. Keep your calls coming. 011-883-0702. Hanru, a question for you. It's come on the SMS line. Is it a good thing to still buy a car if it's got over 130,000 kilometers? on the clock um right most definitely you know there's cars are made to to last so you know the, if, if you like like we said if you speak to the popular brands you know the the brands that's been tried and tested you know uh, the japanese and the german brands you can you can and if you look after the car well you can actually drive a car for you know over two hundred thousand. it all depends on you know how you look after the car what maintenance you do on the car that's that's one of the main things, you know, and, and also make sure before you buy that, I call it the golden service book. You know, the car's being maintained, it carries regular services. That's a very key thing to first check before you buy a car because that, that will show the car, you know, you know, has been looked after the previous owner or owners. Yeah. Right, Wendy, let's take some calls. And Valley in Joburg South High, you have a new car issue. Yes, I've got a new car issue and I've heard it, uh, Wendy and email. Uh, oh, God. Okay, oh dear, Wendy, I'm being shown. Emails. It'll tell you about the volume of email I get. I'm so uh, sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll be brief. I'm not going to reveal the, the details. Uh, but I sent you an email already. But I'm just going to give you the gist of the story. What, car, what car, kind of car is it so I can find it in my that, inbox? That's the Nissan Go Plus. Okay. Yeah, in a garage uh, around it, one the south as well. Uh, so the car broke down at 4,700 kilometers. How many months had you had the car? Sorry? How long had you had the car? How many uh, months had you bought than, it? Less than two weeks. Less than two weeks. Eh? Less than two weeks. Yes, Ouch. I bought the car for business. You'll ask yourself how, why so many kilometers at such a short, short space of time. I bought okay. it for business. Okay. Now, yes. Now, uh, when I called the garage, when I went to the garage, I said, no, they're not going to take responsibility. They're going to fix the car. But uh, any, anything other than that, uh, I need to speak to the manufacturer because I don't feel confident in the car anymore. 
Yeah. Oh, okay, so that's problem. a yeah. that's a tough one. They're going to say they have the responsibility to uh, fix it. They're going to say they're fulfilling their responsibility to repair the car under the under warranty, um, but they're not taking the car back. So if it's uh, the only chance you would have of of um, successfully um, fighting for them to take the car back with or without the help of the ombudsman or somebody like me is if the car keeps failing in a safety critical way. So if it's brakes, for example, in what way is this car not functioning properly? Is it? Is it? In what way is the car? The, the, the confidence in the car after having seen some reviews even uh, in social media about the car itself. I don't have confidence in the car anymore. So what's actually, Mbele, what's wrong with it? Why is it, how is it not functioning? And can I, can I uh, ask for a replacement of the car, like in the same product line? Well, this is what I'm saying. It depends yeah. on how the car is failing and how many times they've tried to fix it. So what's wrong with oh. the car? What exactly is wrong with it? Uh, it, it overheated. The engine overheated. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, that does uh, sound quite serious. That, yeah, that's the a... The most that failed. So now I'm not confident in... Paying for an, an old car is if I'm paying for the new car because if they're gonna fix that thing now, it's a new car. That's how I, 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 yeah, I understand, but they only, the cars only get taken back in extreme circumstances. I tell you what, Billy, I'm going to. Um, find your email and we'll discuss this off air and I'll try and help you. All right, that's in Valley okay. in uh, Joburg South. But I mean, Hundred, that's a, that's a major problem if you think about it. When a car starts overheating, that's the yeah. beginning of so the end is, sometimes. Yeah, so this is a car that's, um, been driven quite a bit, quite hard for business. I mean, uh, there's nothing that says you shouldn't tr- drive a certain amount of kilometers a month or whatever, but, um, it's a, it's a budget car, um, yeah. It's possibly not the best choice for what he wants to use it for, but we'll, I'll discuss it with warfare. It's again another example of doing all your homework before you commit to a certain car. Yeah, you're quite right. Answer Nets in Greymont. Hi, good afternoon. Hi, um, just a quick one. Um, I was helping a friend of mine resolving an issue after she bought a car um, in Rainburg. Now, there is a company or there is an organization called Independent Dealers Association. So most of the second-hand dealers um, are on their books. In other words, they are registered. And they have to comply with the rules of the, um, with the, I, uh, with the Independent Dealers Association. So the question is that when we do, there are certain questions we do need to ask. Um, and if we don't ask the right questions, in other words, are you, if you're a second-hand dealer... Are you, is there a, 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 are you registered to in your um, um, association where I can lay a formal complaint and it be resolved? Because that's your right to ask. Mm, okay. If they say, no, we are not, if we are not, then you say, well, okay, then that's it. Because most times that, that people advise, especially um, they buy, the, the second-hand dealers buy cars from other dealers, okay? They go and they buy massive deals. They get, um, uh, they go and buy these up at sheriff's auctions. They do all sorts of things. These cars were involved in accidents. They don't disclose. Yeah. And that is one of the things. There's no disclosure. And when a person buys a vehicle, it should become mandatory that they do display in, in, accidents with a vehicle because it should be traceable by the department of, of the, the the authorities in the country being the traffic department yeah so there should be a list and they should yeah. we don't have that there yeah. isn't a list there's no way of checking absolutely and i took up a case recently um this this little fiat that was floating along the n12 
Um, and I spoke to the insurance company that wrote the car off, and I spoke to the one that insured it for the new owner. And I said, isn't there no any way that you insurers can compare notes and see that this car was written off and then make some inquiries around it? And I was told, no, right now there isn't such um, there isn't such a, a, a database. And the other thing is the coding. So a code two car is an ordinary se- secondhand car. A code three means it, there's some structural damage. But a car that that floating car, because there was no structural damage, it was sold as a code two by the insurer on auction and found it made its way onto the new dealership floor. Now. You know, how does that help the consumer? Because just because there wasn't structural damage yeah. doesn't mean that that car is not full of uh, electronic issues. So there is, there's so many ways where consumers aren't protected. Even if um, I think belonging to an industry body like um, the Independent Dealers Association is is a good start, but um, we have the motor industry onboard for everybody, and you're always going to get those that. Um, just yeah, don't yeah. feel themselves accountable. So again, <laughs> do your homework. Do, do your homework. Protect your homework. yourself. Yeah. Protect yourself. Wendy, yeah. we're going to have to leave it there. But I think people have got the gist of our conversation. Prevention Absolutely. is better than cure. Do your homework. And also, if you email Wendy, I promise it's in the pile of emails. She will go. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Wendy. That's uh, Wendy Nova, our consumer expert and also the founder of 1100 Technologies, Hamru Renika. Great to have you both on 702.